Hello and welcome back to the Couch GM Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker and I'm joined, as always, by Matt Sage Burden Chamberlain. How are you doing, Matt? I'm finally thawed Yeah. after the uh, the winter storm we've experienced here. Yeah, um, the great freeze of two, 2021, I guess. I had to think about that date for a moment, what year it was. Um, but yeah, no, made it through. Um, all is well. Did you lose power? Didn't lose power, thankfully. You did you lose power? No, we did not. I don't yeah. know how we did. But... For people who are listening to this in some far off land, um, uh, where we live, there was like a massive freeze and uh, no one here knows how to handle it. Like yeah. government, city, politics, no one knows how to handle snow or ice here. Yeah, and it, it just like shut down the entire state for about a week and a half, two weeks. Bananas. It was crazy. Yeah, and Texas, I mean, good friends, Texas. Uh, are they good friends? Probably not. Horns uh, down. <laughs> horns down. Uh, horns up for peace, Matt. Horns up for peace. <laughs> we'll put it somewhere in the middle like they're just kind of straight out there uh so yeah it bat- anyways in texas they're still dealing with the side effects blowout of this huge winter storm that blew through the south i don't i right. guess that's what you consider yes. oklahoma the south yes we're somewhere in that weird we're not south but we're not midwest yeah no one wants oklahoma <laughs> That's why they gave them to the Indians. Right? Oh, God. Like, <laughs> that gets into a much deeper, darker part of the United States uh, history and news. So we'll go to basketball now. JK, we're actually just doing a history <laughs> podcast now. Now that we've crossed the 100, 100 uh, episode mark, we're just changing podcasts. Do whatever we want. Yeah. Uh, we're official now. Anyways, that's enough rambling for now. Uh, we're currently watching the Brooklyn Nets and Los Angeles Clippers attempt to play basketball there's been sometimes there's been some possessions that have been super interesting uh anyways if you haven't already go follow us on twitter and on instagram if you haven't seen we have a new logo shout out to my one of my co-workers who redesigned this logo for us very slick it's nice i like it pretty simple pretty straightforward it's a couch with microphone it's got black basketballs and white. yeah got basketballs it. it pretty much sums up our podcast pretty well yeah um and if you haven't already go give us a rating and review on uh apple Podcasts, spotify uh google podcasts stitcher matt i didn't know if you knew this because i hadn't told you but we're officially on audible and on hey, amazon music now hey so go check us go. out there and uh if that's where you're listening to welcome for the first time that's baller to, to listening to this podcast so thanks for hopping in matt what happened in episode 100 so the recap um couldn't go to an episode without talking about the knicks so we talked about derrick rose um getting traded uh from detroit for for dennis smith jr um we had some some fun to, with that uh tiktok teams if you don't know what we're talking about there's a little trend on tiktok yep. random generates teams you gotta create a starting lineup with a player from each one um we determined that my team would have slapped Ryan's. Um, I don't know about slapped, but it would have been a good game. It would have been. It would have been. Um, we talked about our all-star picks, and uh, Ryan will talk a little bit later about what we got right and wrong from the starters. We don't know the bench players yet. Um, and then finally, our league pass teams of the week. I had Philly, and Ryan had the Utah Jazz, the 76ers, now sitting at 20 and 11. Two and two over the past week, uh, we pushed our recording back just a little bit, and uh, we saw them fall to the Toronto Raptors, who starting to figure things out. And then Ryan's Utah Jazz, twenty four and six, two and one over the past week. 
currently playing the Charlotte Hornets. Um, so their, I guess, record for the week still to be to be determined. Um, Ryan's attempt to get on Donovan Mitchell's good side. Um, working out, all right. Yeah, watch some games. They yeah. had a, a fun one against Philly. They, yeah, the it was good. It was it was a good game. It was a fun game, very up and down. Two the, players going for 40? Yeah, the Jazz can defend like nothing else. Yeah. like it took They can kind of lock up there. Yeah. It took Philly having a really great game to only lose by 12. Like <laughs> That's the crazy part of the Jazz this year. Like They've just been so good and so dominant. It's kind of weird. I don't... It's one of those teams like, oh man, this is a really cool run, but we kind of have to see it once they hit the playoffs. I right? mean, everyone's giving them the, you know, mid 2000s Atlanta Hawks comp. Oh yeah. Like, is this just another 60-esque win team that'll, you know, flounder in the playoffs? But I don't know if those teams had a Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think this is more uh, uh, like a Spurs S team to me yeah. than anything else. Because they pass the ball as well as... Pass the uh, ball a lot. Yeah, they pass the ball really well. And they have some fun, smart players. And Rudy Gobert's having a nice season. We're critical of his contract in the offseason. I still think it's an overpay. But he's having a nice season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those, those can both be true, Ryan. Well, I think in about two years, it's going to be like, oh man, we're paying Rudy Gobert $27 million a year. This is kind of rough. Uh, but for now, it's working out great. It's yeah. very like vindication for the Utah Jazz. It is. Got to get those screen assists in there. <laughs> Anyways, on to the NBA news this week. Matt, <clears throat> it sucks to be a center right now. <laughs> Again, it's almost like we've been saying for the last three years of doing this podcast that big men are getting phased out. Big men who can't shoot. Or can't move. Yeah. So in this group, Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, Demarcus Cousins uh, are looking to be on the move soon. Most likely through a buyout, maybe through a trade. Uh, Demarcus Cousins, the Rockets guaranteed his contract, and then the rumor is that he's going to be parting ways with the team soon. But the coach disputed that today. Yeah, that was weird. I, I, it, the whole timeline kind of I. When I saw that pop up on my news feed, I was like, wait, didn't they just guarantee his contract like yesterday? It, it It's like, was that a nice gesture of like, we appreciate you coming in, all that. We've got to hit the salary, like mm. minimum, yeah. <laughs> right? Like we've yeah. got to hit the floor of the cap. Um, but yeah, that, that, that was strange, unless it's like a good faith type of move. Gives it you kind some of feels like it because the Houston Rockets are headed towards a whole bunch of tanking in the next yep. couple of years. Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond, uh, their teams have shut them down until they kind of figure out what the next best move is for them. Um, Blake Griffin, a little surprising because of his contract size. Um, that no one wants. Yeah, and Andre Drummond, I mean, is kind of in the same boat. He's an expiring contract, so maybe it's a little bit more movable. But do you have a, I mean, like, what are your thoughts here, Matt? I just kind of want to get your quick. So you and I really wanted a couple years ago to give Blake Griffin his you know, his flowers, because yeah. he was balling. Um, Man, he was so good. He figured out, like, the three, like... He was playmaking. Right. He It's like he was averaging, like, what, like five, seven assists a game. Yeah. He could do, like, a lot more off the dribble yep. than he had in the past. Um, and then his legs have just been zapped. Yeah. And that's, that's tough to watch. Um, he could definitely help some teams, but there's just absolutely no way anyone can trade for him. Like, yeah, if he were to get like bought out by Detroit, I don't I don't know what that looks like. I mean, they would have to take a serious cap hit over the next three years. I think yeah, is remaining on his contract. But like he could um, help a team. Yeah, I think he could probably help a team like a contender like 
the Nets, Clippers come to mind. Sure. I mean, we're watching them right now, of course, but like a big man who can kind of shoot, who can kind of play make. Honestly, a bench guy. Yeah, coming off the bench. Right. Um, but kind of makes you a better team also immediately because <laughs> right. whoever you're playing in those minutes is not going to be at the level of Blake Griffin. Like he might not move as well, but I think he can still bring I, bring something to the table. With Andre Drummond, I, I don't know about I'm that cool one. if he never gets another contract. But like a big man who does rebound as well as he does, like there's yeah. always a spot in the league for a guy right. like that. It's just he's never got humbled. And it's mm. like, dude, you've played your entire career in Detroit and Cleveland, and you haven't figured out like that I can't just keep doing this if we want to win. Right. Like that's that's the concerning part. Right. It, so it's like you're going to be a backup wherever you go this year, and he's not going to be cool with that. He's already not cool with it now because of the whole Jared Allen thing, which Jared yeah. Allen should be starting there. 100%. Jared Allen should be starting wherever he's playing. Like, there's like two situations in the league where Jared Allen shouldn't be starting. So, and I know you're a big Jared Allen guy, but like, and I am too. But like, Andre Drummond, the fact that he's never accepted a role or like, what can I do to like fit in? Yeah, like that's the concerning part. So it's like, where are you gonna go? Yeah, if and, you're bringing him in, like, what's the situation? Like, if you're bringing him to Portland, like, that's cool for a little bit. But like, Nurkic is going to come back eventually, you hope. And he's going to be the starter, right? So, like, are you going to be cool with that? And if not, like, we're not going to, we're just not going to bring you in then. Yeah. Um. So that's great. Great points on both parts. I. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, the trade deadline's coming up in a month, March twenty. It's at the 5th, end of March. 29th? Yeah. Something like that. It's, yeah, end of March. End of March. Um, so we're moving up on that pretty quick, almost a month out. Um, so it's something to keep an eye on going forward. Like Matt mentioned, All-Star starters announced for the East. We had Kyrie, Bradley Beal, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, a name I can't say, and Kevin Durant. Uh, Matt picked Jalen Brown, Bradley Beal, Joel Embiid, Giannis, and Katie. So you're off on the Kyrie thing, right? That's unfortunate because I think Jalen could have been a could have been a starter this year. And, and I don't like think... I don't hate Kyrie getting that nod. It's I don't just... either. It's just kind of one of those things. It's like, man, that's a bummer because yeah, I feel, feel like Jalen's right. earned it because he's played most games, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, it's a little bit of a bummer there, but. That's that's he's a, gonna make the team. Yeah, that's a pretty so, solid uh, all-star starters uh, for the East and for the West. Steph, Luca, Jokic, Kawhi, and LeBron. I had uh, Don Mitchell in for Luca, and the big controversy on Twitter was Dame not getting in as even, a starter, even though the players and media voted in Dame. Yeah, as the second guard. Yeah, Luca got the fan vote. I saw someone on Twitter, I think it was Tim McMahon, uh, point out that Luka was first-team All-NBA last year, and his numbers are better than they were last year. So it's kind of hard not Not. to put in him as an All-Star. I get, like, Portland's the four-seed right now uh, without some key players Dame is carrying them. Yeah, yeah, he has a back brace everywhere he walks. (laughs) He has a back brace because he's carrying that franchise again. Um but, I mean, like, it's kind of like the Jalen thing. Like, he's still going to be an all-star. And sure. really, we don't look at all-star starters for legacy. We just look at all-star appearances. Sure. So, I, I don't have really a qualm with it. It's hard in the West to make yeah. it as a guard. It's hard in the East to make it as a guard. 
it's just there's always you know six guys that it's like you feel like they for sure have to get in and you're like oh we barely have that many spots right exactly just how it is <clears throat> it feels like the rosters need to expand but that's another talking point for another time all-star game to have skills and three-point contest before and dunk costs during halftime of the all-star game honestly i'm cool with that i'm cool with it being that way just permanently if we're gonna have an all-star game yeah i don't i don't need a three-day event that's just me yeah whatever i I barely, I think, over the last, since we've been doing the podcast, I maybe watched the three-point contest once. Yeah. And it's just, like, like those events don't get me excited for anything. We could do them between quarters, to be honest. They could just be, like, the entertainment. (laughs) We could just not do them at all, and I would be fine with that. Like, it's just, like, it's, like, you're so in it historically now to have, like, three-point contest winners. So it's just like you feel the need. To keep I would doing rather it. have like a three-point contest with twist. Like get those inflatable. <laughs> what you get to shoot with like kickballs and it's like yeah, yeah. the things in front of like a car dealership. Yeah, yeah, like the fla- yeah, yeah. People. <laughs> That's what you have to shoot around. Uh, you get like the doctor dish nets and like put them up super high. Yeah, <laughs> so you got to shoot it over these, right? But like you know, you get extra points if you hit granny style or something. Like I don't, I don't know. Just make it interesting. I, I think these contests are a little bo- i mean the dunk contest has produced an interesting like a handful of times yeah most recently it feels like the aaron gordon zach levine yeah like that's last. been like the most interesting one and outside of that like the rest of them have been mediocre yeah i don't know whatever fine if you're gonna have an all-star game you might as well do these events i guess whatever if if tv will pay you to put them on Sure. Yeah. Have TNT pay for all of it. And Kia. <clears throat> uh, the Nets signed Andre Robertson and Noah Vonley. Those are moves. Those are signings. Recreating the Oklahoma City Thunder. This is just going to be the most <laughs> painful experience when the Nets win the championship. And, like, it's hard in KD, Robertson, like, Jeff Green. <laughs> just the worst. Like, I'm just going to go hide hide in my bedroom for about a week after the nets won the championship or if they get to the nba finals so you know it's fine i'm doing fine everything's fine <laughs> it's not i'm not cheering for the thunders to tank at this point uh injuries are at least favorite part of the news matt not many though marcus smart's waiting till after the all-star break uh to return from knee injury calf injury whatever yeah, it was whatever it was yeah you right, maybe um so it's going to be, he's hoping to return second half of the season. Still don't have a schedule for that second half no, of the season, which is going to be interesting. D'Angelo Russell out four to six weeks with knee procedure. We were talking about this off air. It's kind of a bummer. The Timberwolves really have not gotten to play together whatsoever. Like, yeah. The like, main guys, Towns and Russell. You and, brought in Russell at the beginning of last season, and they've played like five games together. Yeah. Like, that's it. Like, yeah. What are you supposed to do? Ryan Saunders is going to get fired without ever really knowing if that would have worked. <laughs> yeah. And it's like you have some interesting piece in like Anthony Edwards, my boy Malik Beasley. Yeah. And you just never know if it meshes together. Maybe some other coach can put it together. Is Smith out 68 weeks with quad injury? That's a rough injury. Yeah. My Washington Wizards taking a hit there. But uh, more minutes for your boy Russell Westbrook. <laughs> I don't know if he, he classifies as my boy anymore, but the Wizards definitely your team still. I'm I'm just pulling for Brad Beal. Your sons. 
I, I want him to succeed so much. So much. <laughs> Brad Beal is awesome. Congrats to him for making All-Star starter. No more snubbing. Yeah. We're, like, for whatever reason, that was a thing last year. But now it's like we're just fully past that. Good. I hope moving forward. When you average like 30 points a game, you shouldn't be missing. 35 <laughs> this year. 30 last year. Going to be a scoring champion more than likely. You know. Yeah. Definitely feels like it. So we'll move on to our main um, topic for the day. So I was watching um, Boston and New Orleans earlier today. Um, saw Zion just put Tristan Thompson just into the earth. Um, yep. Yep. And so it inspired the topic today. We're going to talk about sophomores. Um, those guys who are coming into their second year in the league and for some of them, you know, they've got the equivalent of, like, what's a full season now um, mm. under their belt in terms yeah. of games. Um, also have kind of an offseason, kind of not an offseason. Um, we're still too early to evaluate this year's rookie class. I never like to take a look too early at them. Um, so that's why we'll focus on guys who have got about a full season plus-ish under their belt. Um, but for guys like Zion, um, most notably, still doesn't have a full season's worth of games under his belt. And, Which is crazy, and has somehow taken like fourteen steps forward. So um, we'll we'll remind you of the top ten picks, and then we'll kind of go through the the main guys, and then a few complimentary ones as well. So Ryan, remind us the top ten draft picks from the twenty nineteen NBA draft. So the talk at the time, and still will be the talk, is the top three picks. So Zion, of course, the top build pick, it went to New Orleans. John Morant went to Memphis. <clears throat> our boy John Morant. RJ Barrett went to our favorite team, the New York Knicks. <laughs> DeAndre Hunter got drafted by Atlanta via uh, New Orleans. Part of the Anthony Davis deal. Yes. Uh, Darius Garland got picked to Cleveland, which that's working out for Cleveland so well so far. Jarrett Culver got picked by Minnesota via Phoenix. Part of the Darius Arch deal. Yep. Uh, Kobe White got drafted to Chicago, if you remember. That produced the meme of him wow. getting, getting yeah getting your, getting your ask about cam johnson who got picked a few picks like later yeah <clears throat> jackson hayes got picked uh by new orleans and that was via atlanta or that pick ended up being via atlanta Rui hachaburner got picked by washington that's the pick that matt and i flipped out about because they hadn't talked to Rui hachaburner at all very concerning at the time uh but it's kind of working out for washington yeah. and then cam reddish uh got picked by Atlanta, and that was part of the Luka Doncic deal, right. the deal before, right. or the year before. <clears throat> um, and so, at the, you know, even looking back, not not terrible, but there are some guys that, uh, looking back, I mean, again, we're only a year-ish removed, um, maybe deserving to have had some more chatter in the first round, uh, or the top of the first, but we'll start with those top three plus one more. Um, yeah. So... Ryan will will talk on a couple, and then I'll talk on a couple. Um, we'll have some some deep dive combos as well. So Ryan, get us started with, of course, Zion Williamson. Yeah, Zion Williamson. Like we had a whole bunch of question marks about this guy coming into the season, and deservedly ho so. Holy bejesus, this dude <laughs> has just come out. Like I was listening to a podcast a couple weeks ago, and they're like, I feel like I never see. Uh, Zion on a highlights on a Twitter highlights and it's like okay that's cool but he's averaging 25 points per game 6.7 rebounds per game and 3.1 assists per game 
Yeah, he's like incredible. And someone was criticizing him. He like, I think it was Chuck who like he doesn't rebound the ball well enough. It's like, yeah, he's in his like not even his second year. Like yeah. this is like I would consider him still a rookie. So with the amount of games he's played, right? And that's the the thing is he's already played more games this year than he did last year. Right. Right. Which is just insane. Like he, I mean, the weird COVID thing, the bubble. Sure. sure. Um, he really didn't start playing till January, so he only had about a month, a little bit of games. Right. Uh, and then he didn't look great in the bubble. Yeah, because like he very clearly wasn't in shape at all last year. Right. Like before the bubble and during the bubble, and that was part of the talk coming into this year. He definitely he he looks a little better this year. Yeah. Not def- as good as he still needs to be though. He looks stronger. I think that's the Which thing. Is incredible. <laughs> like he looks like the guy that we saw at Duke, where he would just, or even in the summer league, where he just like ripped the ball out of a dude's hand, like Kevin Knox's hands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and like, it's more to that now. And it's not. It, he's not like particularly shooting the ball a lot, um, but he is getting to the rim a ton. Like he's leading the le- league in like shots around the rim or something yeah. like that. Living in the paint. And that's something to say when he's generally playing in lineups with. Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe with yeah. three non-shooters. Uh, so I, he's doing, I mean, he's playing 32 minutes a game, which we were both concerned about coming into the season. It's like, is he on a 25-minute a game restriction? And clearly he's not. Because they need him at 30-plus minutes. Absolutely, yeah. Um, just to give them that offensive spark, we're singing the praises of Zion so far, but like defensively, He's still struggling yeah, a little bit, yeah. um, which is fair. I mean, like, it took DeAndre Ayton a like season a, and a half, two yeah. seasons, really, to kind of pick up on how to play defense. And he's going to be put in a lot of pick-and-roll situations. Right. So <clears throat> he's not, like, this awesome rim protector yet. Caveat on that. Yeah. But on the offensive side, he's still, like, that p- playmaker that we thought he could be. Yeah. He's dynamic, like, on that end, for sure. So we'll talk on the offense first. So, like, I know he's averaging, like, three assists a game, which, honestly, for a big, is still good. But the last... With the lack of shootings. Yeah. But over the last, like, I think it's, like, ten games, he's averaging four and a half assists a game. Had four today against Boston. Um, Had a nice kick-out, like, drive into a kick-out, like, towards the end of the game to um, help seal it. So he... It's like he sees the passes, yeah. He can pass a little. Uh, you're right. The The offense, though, it's like, it's him and Ingram, it yeah. feels like. Yeah. Other than that, it's just, I don't trust anyone else on that team to like hit a jump shot. Right. And not that I trust Zion really to hit a jump shot because he doesn't take him. But like, there's just no one else out there unless JJ Reddick's out there. Which he got tossed today. He got tossed. Yeah, I think I saw something. I thought that the Pelicans were going to maybe shut him down, um, possibly until they could find like a trade partner for for him. He's not playing a lot right now, anyway. Um, and I guess JJ just took that literally and got himself ejected. <laughs> but it was the weirdest ejection. Like he, like, he was like t- threw a bounce past the ref. Well, he got ref- fouled like in the lane, kind of took a step to get through traffic and. It was like um, a rip through almost. Yeah, and so like then he's like underneath the rim, turns around, knows like the refs at the three point line on the left wing, and like does like spins the ball towards yeah. him as a bounce pass, and like I don't think the ref was expecting it, um, and then it looks like he was just throwing the ball at him and walked away, and so yeah. Anyway, um, so the 
talking about the playmaking part of Zion though is so they've started using him in pick and rolls more, which yeah. as a screener it's like, well duh. Right. Like there's nothing more obvious you should do with him. But now they're using him as a ball handler also. Um I think Zach Lowe, um, he wrote beginning of the year, first ha- half of the um, games he's played in, he was running like two ball screens a game, like as the ball handler. Now it's up to like 10. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, that's what you have to do. That's what made Zion special at Duke, right? He was this force that could just get into the lane. At, yeah. Like, he was putting a shoulder through these puny college guys, and he's doing that now in yeah. the NBA, which is so special. I mean, you saw it with Tristan Thompson today. Just absolutely getting bullied at the rim. Right. It's like um, Daniel Tice is a good defender, but it's like just it's going to get called as a foul. Even if Tice doesn't foul you, it's going to get called as a foul. Like yeah. It just is. Like honestly, the only Celtic that like even had a somewhat shot against him was Robert Williams because his arms are freakishly long and he's athletic. So it's like he could go up and kind of meet Zion. Like even if you bump him off his spot. So um, it's like you you go under the screen, of course. And, but if you give him a runway, it's kind of like Giannis. Like it's a scary thing. Like you have to build. You're not taking that charge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You kind of have to build this like defensive wall behind him um, to make sure like he doesn't get into that paint. And like the Pelicans don't have the shooters around him yet to kind of help benefit him in those right. pick and roll situations. Ingram has been incredible, of course. And like when you have JJ Redick and sometimes Josh Hart, like it makes life easier for Zion. But it's it's pretty incredible to see him be more aggressive, especially with how dicey the start of the year was for him. Yeah, um, it's kind of incredible to see him turn around. I mean, he's shooting like thirty seven percent on three point attempts. Just not taking a lot. It's right? not. Yeah, right. Not it's even not taking on, one a game. I think. It's not on a ton of volume, um, which is fine. Like he, if he can get more and more comfortable taking that shot. Um, like, it's like the exact same. 0.6 attempts per game. Like, if he can get up that to one, maybe two a game. Yeah. But he's still hitting that efficiency of, like, 38%-ish. Like, that's really good. And that's yeah. going to help him in the long run. Like, he has that go-to move in the paint where he can kind of just put his body into someone yeah. and, and get... Always gets back to his left hand. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like he kind of can use that right shoulder to, like, wall off whoever is guarding him right it's like even if he goes to his right like he could elevate and just lay it in with his right hand almost like a dunk or you know go back up and under and get back to his left right like it's just always available um one thing for me that's really impressed about zion and watching him today too was he's a good free throw shooter now like or at least not a bad free throw shooter put it that way um, currently averaging 7.8 attempts a game that's good um, that's he's really just good. like it's it's kind of the Shaq thing of like you can't not foul him or you can't yeah. not get called for a foul. Right. Um and he's shooting about 72% from the line this year. If his career can be somewhere in that 72 to 78% range on volume. Yeah. Yeah, like that's great for him. Like that's going to be an easy 5 points a game from free throws. If he can get to making 1 3 a game, there's 8 and you know he's getting another seven makes at the rim right like all of a sudden you're a 20 point per game scorer by doing nothing <laughs> by doing what you normally do yeah. in a game you don't have to expand your game at all yeah, yeah that's pretty special out of the gate i think like i've you hear it quite a bit about nba developing players it's like free throw percentage is usually an indicator of like growth and development three-point shooting right. um 
and that could be a great sign for that for Zion for the like at least a positive point. We know that development in the NBA isn't this linear thing, right? So it could take a couple years for his three point shooting to could re- stagger a bit. Yeah, right. But, but it's a good sign that his free throw shooting isn't just abysmal right now. And probably as a three point shooter, he's probably more of just like a set guy, right? Like that's that's yeah. that's probably realistically even like what he becomes is like a set, like catch and shoot. Like, my feet are ready. I'm not running off anything. I'm not coming off a screen or whatever. I'm not pulling up, really, unless you're, like, sagging off eight feet. And, like, that's fine. Yeah. Like, eventually, like, you would like that to get a little better. But, like, if by year five, he's a, like you said, 36, 38% three-point shooter on two and a half attempts a game. But, you know, like, if they go in good, good enough and you're still getting to the rim at will... Like, by that point, you'd be averaging 30, because he's already at 25. <laughs> right, like exactly. And I think that's that's a good point, is that, like, you can do a lot once you start hitting those, like, standstill threes. Because, yeah. like, if you're a pick and roller, it gives you a chance to do something other than just roll. Like, it right. gives you a chance to pop. And then, like, you do the Joel Embiid head fake that everyone bites for. Go get a couple more free throws, yeah. or, like, a wide-open driving lane. Yeah, Exactly, and it makes things easier for guys like Ingram and whoever else sure. is around in the near future. Um, but I, I'm as I was kind of down at the beginning of the year. I think a lot of people were on Zion, uh, but it's starting to look up a little bit, even with the defensive hangups. I, I mean, Charles Barkley made a point the other night that he would like to see Zion get up to ten rebounds a game, and I get that. But yeah. again. There's other like there's other rebounders on this team, so I understand you can why. impact winning obviously beyond rebounding um, defensively. But like because like the Celtics again, just using an example because they played today. They're like Eric Bledsoe and Zion were out there at the same time, and it was just a pick and roll with those two. Yeah, every single time. Right. Um, to the point of like Eric Bledsoe just mm-hmm. had to go sit down. Yeah. Um, and so it's just like the fact that Zion. I mean, again, it's Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kimba Walker. Hard for him to stay in front of those guys, but if he can get to the point of containing them a bit better and contesting a jump shot, then I I understand like that's good enough as a defender. Um, in like the eyes of what you would need him to be, like is it a great defender? Like period, no. Yeah. But that could be good enough to balance out with the offensive game. And if you can get that, like being able to contain ish on screens, and if he can be a more active weak side shot blocker mm. then you, you've realistically unlocked zion yeah that's all it takes yep 100 percent. that's uh it's a great point um i'm excited to see zion's development i was not as excited for this next guy though so john morant um also holy bejesus <laughs> um just <laughs> just killing it um <laughs> and um, he was out for a couple couple like a week two weeks yeah a couple weeks um I, i'm gonna slightly slightly toot my own horn but my comp of like russell westbrook and terry rosier's body it's <laughs> like kind of like accurate though right like it's not wrong um so i mean because he obviously tries to dunk on everybody you can run your entire offense through him mm. um like, he's a smart guy. He's a good player. Um, good Great dude. passer. Yeah. Yeah. Really great passer. Um, unfortunately for Jaw, the three-point shooting this year has taken a step back. Um, 
you wonder is that just reps is that just he's you know whatever in his head um he's only shooting 22 percent this year after being in the i think mid low 30s last year Mm -hmm. so of course you want that to go up that's like the next step in his development along with just getting a little bigger and stronger um but still somehow putting up 19 points 7.8 assists and 3.2 rebounds a game so he's still impactful he's still scoring for them it's just not quite as maybe efficient as you would want um in this analytics era of basketball he's a great free throw shooter though 82 percent on the year so it's really just on terms of offense the three-point shooting Mm. if that can be catch and shoot three-point shots then all of a sudden if that can get up to the mid-30s then you feel much better right but if you're memphis you need a playmaker who can get him the ball and catch and shoot opportunities otherwise his entire career is just gonna be pull up threes yeah and those are just substantially harder shots to make right yeah 100 percent. i think people are just gonna start going under like under screens for him all day and we saw that starting in the bubble a little bit um and if he can start to hit some of those open shots like it's gonna make life a lot easier for him um but he's he's so much fun to watch um he's been awesome this year the grizzlies have been surprising like just not jump off on jaw but like the grizzlies have been surprising yeah a lot due to him because he's been playing so well and no jaron jackson jr yeah, the, the the sporting cast here has just been all over the place for the Memphis Grizzlies this year. COVID has ravaged that team. Injuries have been just terrible. Yeah. And it's it's just it's something else in Memphis. And somehow they're still like kind of competing for a play-in spot. They're ninth in the West right now. Yeah. So it's like they're right there just kind of getting jaw back. Jaron Jackson Jr., the hope is he comes back, you know, shortly after the All-Star break. Justin Winslow finally coming back. He did. He played the other day. Um, um, wasn't particularly good, but he did play. Yeah, which is great. I mean, he hasn't played in, I think, 400 days, I saw. <laughs> I thought you were going to say 400 years. <laughs> it's like been accurate. that, too. Uh, yeah, 400 days. So it's been a little bit over a year since he's played. So if he gets his leg back, that could be a hu- huge piece for them making a run towards the play-in. Right, and that's the thing. They could. It, it's just tough in the West because there's... Right now, like, 11 teams. The Pelicans are sitting currently at 11th. Um, but, again, starting to pick up some momentum. Mm. So, between them and Dallas and Golden State and Memphis, it's like there are teams there that someone's going to get left out. They just are. Maybe right. it ends up being Memphis. But, Ja, I don't think these numbers are going to go down as the year goes on. Like, his numbers. Yeah, like, he maybe get a less less efficient as the year goes on as he starts to try to maybe push a little bit too much and maybe start shooting a little bit more um but i think the free throw free throw rate is good um at least three point percentage excuse me um is good like hitting 80 percent of your free throws is always a good sign there's a lot of people in the league who don't do that on like five and a half attempts like that's like it's pretty decent Yeah, yeah for a point guard of his size like 
maybe you worry long term about like can his body take those kind of shots like but if he's at least starting to get those calls yeah that's the thing he's not still hovering around like four right that that would honestly be more concerning to me Mm. because he goes to the rim so often it's like you've got to start getting some of those calls right so if he can start getting some it's like okay that's gonna get numbers gonna get to six next year and probably like seven seven and a half the year after that and by the end of his rookie deal he's gonna be at like eight free throws a game so it's like if he can be getting an easy six, seven points a game there, plus a hopefully by that point a couple threes a game. It's kind of like a conversation we've had with Zion, with Zion, with applying it to Jaw. It's like just doing the things that you already do, just slightly more efficient, can you know put you as an easy twenty point a game mm-hmm. scorer in this league. Right. And yeah. then he's just so dynamic beyond that. Then that's when you start tacking on all the extras that could really push him to being a great player yep and it's gonna be helpful when you get your co-star back and jaron jackson and hopefully this roster starts filling out a little bit better so maybe his three-point shooting like isn't as big of a like glaring thing yeah um grayson allen's like starting a lot but he like he hasn't been bad the rookie desmond bain is like incredible at three-point shooting which he did that for four years in college so it's not really surprising right it's like yeah just getting some pieces like that um jaron jackson jr obviously one of the best stretch bigs in the league mm. um will help that so he'll have driving lanes but also it's like when defenses have to at least just look at other guys it, then yeah it just opens up him more as well so um i i'm still hopeful for jaw even though this year's shooting hasn't been quite as good as we'd hope i knowing he's still in his second year mm. gives me so much hope for him still right like, there's no he's a maybe probably not all-star this year he's gonna get there in a couple years i think that's an exciting thing i think when you took him second overall it was this big gap between zion and jaw i felt like he was kind of a project yeah and it once he started playing it's like oh he's more of a complete player than maybe we all thought and like him making a run at all-star appearance in the second year is saying quite a bit i'm coming out of murray state like there's only so much you could expect realistically like playing against different guys so um again a feel-good story um but also just a really good player 100 percent. the next guy on our list the third pick of the draft went to our favorite new york knicks uh rj barrett matt uh he's taken a a step forward i wouldn't say a huge step forward no because i mean you're still playing for the knicks (laughs) (laughs) i'm kidding kidding uh the, like jaw like we we're just talking about with jaw the three-point shooting is still like a concern hovering around 30 percent um this year um but his splits right now are 60 and a half points per game six round six rebounds per game and three assists per game that's honestly like for the knicks considering they only score like 95 points a game like that's good I think, yeah, I mean, like, everything's fine there. Like, he's up to 33 minutes a game, and he's, like, one of the highest... Right, him and like, Julius Randle. Yeah, minutes played, um, which is encouraging. Normally, the Knicks do this thing where they, like, get a promising player and then bury him on the bench and don't play any minutes. So, um, I'm excited that he's playing. I think the biggest thing with RJ is that he's playing hard. I know yeah. that's such a cliche thing to say, but... It's not like he's out there scoring 16 points game and just being like ho hum about it. Like sure. he's actually playing hard. He's trying on defense, which like 
is kind of a big deal for a yeah. second year player, right? He may not be in the right spots at the right time, but he's playing late game minutes for the Knicks, which yeah. not everyone gets to do that. Um, Shout out Tommy Tibbs. Tommy Tibbs. Um, and like they, the Knicks clearly trust him defensively um, to put him in those tight spots. So um, it, I'm encouraged the three-point shooting, even the two-point shooting is a little bit of a concern because he's shooting under 50%. He's shooting like 47% yeah. from the field, uh, which isn't awesome. Free throw attempts, unlike Z- Jaw and Zion, are around four a game. Again, for a guy who basically exclusively wants to go to the paint. Right. Need that to be higher. Yeah. Um, So, there's a lot to be encouraged about RJ. I don't think he's, like, this ultra superstar, like the other two guys that we've talked about so far. I think he can be a nice piece on a championship contender, like a third piece, maybe. Yeah. That's his ceiling. I don't see him being, like, the center core of a franchise, though. Probably not. And, again... You, you don't expect to find five of those guys in a draft. Like, you right. just can't. Right. Um, it's hard to find one. Yeah. The fact that we maybe got two. It's is pretty spectacular. Right. And you were start, you were touching on it there. The 74% free throw shooting, um, even though, yeah, the four attempts a game isn't as high as you want, the, the percentage is very encouraging, considering last year he was at 61%. And it really, like, just watching him take free throws looked uncomfortable last year. And it's not that bad this year. So he he looks stiff still. Like yeah. in every most parts of the game, he still looks pretty stiff. Even like shooting, like the three point shot looks a little stiff. To me, it's still. the particular shooting. It's like he's like, don't miss. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I'm not this is going in. It looks like don't miss, don't miss, don't miss. <laughs> right. And right. You can't. You just can't shoot that way. Like yeah. it's like what we've essentially knocked Ben Simmons for. Of like I I'm not going to shoot because I don't want to miss. Right. And like you just can't. Play. I mean, like RJ takes them. It's not like that, like the Simmons thing, where he just doesn't take them. So, like, there's that. I Again, it's somewhat the conversation with, like, Zion of, like, I wish you had better options around you to make you, like, if we so we could figure out um, if you actually can pass. Can you yeah. really play make for other guys? Yeah. Because, I mean, we watched the, the end of that Knicks game today. It's like... I'm I'm going cool that Alec Burks hit some clutch free throws for you, but like I'm tired of Alec Burks and Taj Gibson, right? Like <laughs> right. I just I am I'm tired of watching Reggie Bullock for 34 minutes. Yeah, just not necessary. Like, not that I'm saying like Kevin Knox like deserves minutes, but he shouldn't be playing zero minutes. For example, like <laughs> if you're gonna go out like and draft guys in the top 10 and you're really going to try and develop them like you should be with Barrett, you got to play him. You yeah. just got to play him and figure out if what you have is real. And with Barrett, it's they they want him to be a point-ish guard. Not a point guard, but a point-ish guard. So it's like, okay, well, give him weapons to distribute to. And it's like this year they're using Julius Randle more as that. Yeah, um, exactly. And it's like that feels weird. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, <clears throat> they don't want to, like, they're clearly in this spot where they don't want to hand RJ keys to Kingdom because the Knicks have been burned by that quite a bit. It's right. handing over keys to the Kingdom to a young guy and it just, like, not working out. I get that. But at the same time, you kind of have to figure out, it's like, all right, what is this guy really good at outside of playing hard? If by next year he's not, though, like, given kind of that freedom, that's when I would be very concerned. Um,. As a Knicks fan, 
yeah. of like, okay, if not now, then when? Like, if we're not going to give him the opportunities now when we're still maybe-ish a playoff team, maybe not, then, like, he's never going to get the opportunity until it's like he just firmly elevates to the role of a Kawhi-esque. Not he's ever going to be that good, but an elite guard in the league. Right. And like, it's like, he might just never get to that point, but you got to give him the opportunities to find out. 100%. Like, what... Like what like what do you have in RJ? Like if he if he's like sixteen points, seventeen points a game next year, like what do you like what do you have in him? Are you and a lot of these guys might not be around next year that you have in this team because yeah. they're on all short term contracts. Um, so I don't. The whole Knicks situation is still kind of puzzling to me. Like I get they're good this year and it's exciting that they're making a playoff run. Congratulations, you made a playoff run right. in the last twenty years. Um, but like. It's odd that we don't know specifics for these like younger guys, specifically RJ. Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll find out in the next couple of years. Like, if he makes a step up in three point shooting next year, that's going to be a huge thing. But it's like, okay, what's next for the, RJ? Then? There, there can be so much more for him beyond being a slightly better three point shooter. I think yeah. that's the point. Yeah. So yeah, with him, we just we can't get to the end of his rookie deal and still not know what he is. Have the like, same questions we have yeah. now. Exactly. So the last guy that's fitting into this tier and wasn't a top three pick is Tyler Hero. So, um, Baby goat. Boy wonder. So does he really deserve to be on this portion of the list? Yes. Yes. Kind of. But did he deserve to be a guy who they wouldn't trade for James Harden? Like, no. He Like, he... like. Right. If if he was the deal breaker, he needs to be in the deal. He's not that good. That like you gotta be like Zion or Ja to like be that guy. Guy like no, we're not trading him. Um, he's in like this like part B of this tier, I would say. Um, and twelve games back from injury though, um, he is shooting thirty seven percent from three. Whereas like over the first ten games, he was only shooting thirty. Kind of was in his head a bit. So it's like the shooting, like we know he can shoot. Like that's obvious, like that's part of his game and obviously what Miami wants to do most with him, dribble handoffs, just catch and shoot opportunities. Um, I mean he's had a few big games in his career, like definitely against like Boston and whatnot. Mm. So he he is a good player. He is. Currently averaging seventeen, six, and just shy of four assists a game. A lot of those assists feel like lobs and kickouts to Duncan Robinson or lobs to Bam Adebayo, not lobs to Duncan Robinson. Um, just clarifying <laughs> that. Um, so, it, I don't want to say they're empty stats. I don't. Because Miami's needed him to play well in the games he's played. Mm. But, it, I, I don't know if he feels significantly better than he did last year. I So, with Tyler Hero, like... I mean, the James Harden thing came up, right? Like, you brought it up. Um, I would have put him in the deal. I agree with you there. My thing with Tyler Hero is, like, after this year and two years, like, year two, essentially, of, yeah. because he played most of last year, was really good in the playoffs. I don't know if his ceiling isn't what we're seeing now. Like, like if he's a better playmaker, that might change a little bit, but is he, like... The center, like, kind of going back to like RJ, like, is he the centerpiece for the Heat going forward? Like, is he someone? He's you someone build? like you want to keep around. 
Right. Is he like the third, fourth best piece on a championship team? Maybe. Maybe, yeah. But like, is he like the guy you're like, all right, this is our franchise. This is who we're building around. Probably not. No. To me, like just small indicators of that. So like since he's come back in these last 12 games. So he started the first 10 games of the year. Was out for a while. And in these last 12 games, he started those first four games back. Mm. And he hasn't started the last eight. Miami's just kind of like, we just can't start you right now. Like, yeah. we've got to start Bam. We've got to start Jimmy. And then we got to start Duncan Robinson. It's kind of where they're at. Because at least Duncan Robinson has better size. Um, and then from there, it's like, okay, we need a guard. And we need another big-ish guy. So they've elected to go with Kelly Olenek pretty much all year. Yeah, which, Myers Leonard is now out. Yeah, which he does provide spacing, um, which that team desperately needs. So I get that. And it's like, okay, you need a guard. And these last few games, they've turned to Kendrick Nunn. Not that Kendrick Nunn's a better player than Tyler Hero, but he's just able to get downhill a bit more, pass a little more. Um, so it's I, I think that's like the most commonly started lineup of the Heat this year because they've had so many guys in and out. That's been a big problem for them. But, like, starting that group and then Hero playing effectively starter minutes, but off the bench, um, has been more where Eric Spolster has had to turn to this year. And it's kind of like, if you are that good, the coach can't not start you. Like, you've got to – it's just like, we we start you. Like, and we figure out other guys to start with you. And since Hero's not in that category yet – while I understand why, it also makes me hesitant to put him in this group, like we said, of like, can you be a dude on like a legit playoff team? And the answer is just probably not. Like there's just limitations with your size. And can you can you teach a guy to be a better distributor? Like can you teach a guy to have better vision? I don't know. Like I feel like he's just like the ultimate creator for himself. Like, he just can't, like, for whatever reason, like, he's not the type of dude. Like, he can go get a bucket for himself all day. Like, we saw that in the bubble last year. I just don't know, to your point, like, I don't know if you ever developed seeing that. Because we've seen it with so many other NBA players where it's like, man, if he would just, like, develop playmaking a little bit more and pass the ball a little bit more. It's not just making the one extra pass. Like yeah. every now and again. It's, it's like seeing, reading the defense and like seeing, I need to make this pass here. Like Donovan Mitchell yeah. has done a really great job of that. Like I think seeing where the help great... defense already is and knowing yeah. like, okay, if I make this move, now this pass is open. Right. And so that's, it, it is hard to do. And maybe you, Donovan is an example of like, you can make it like happen. But it took, like, I mean, it's taken him, for, what, what, his, his fourth year in the league? Yeah. But he's a much better driver. He's a much better scorer yeah. than Tyler Hero is or ever will be. Now, yeah, Hero's a better shooter, like from the perimeter. But Donovan's had plenty of big shots as well. So, you know, with that, I, I think with Hero for me, is he's by year what four or five. I feel like he's just gonna get pigeonholed into the shooter bench type of guy. Lou Will, Jordan Clarkson-esque. That's not, like, bad. No, I mean, he that was, like, gets you a lot of money in the yeah, NBA. Yeah, and, like, he was a late lottery guy. And, like, we see, like, with Clarkson, like, Clarkson may be, like, the fourth most important guy for the Jazz this year. Not starting, but he's really important for them. And maybe that's just Hero. 
mm. and he he happened to have a great rookie year so like everyone got understandably hyped on him but he's realistically not the guy he got hyped up to be and that's okay yeah that's a great point i like tyler hero i think he's gonna be a good nba player have a long long-term nba career um but i think all those points you made are 100 percent on the mark they're valid yeah so the next group of guys um, we won't spend quite as much time on each of them and their situations but I do want to um briefly mention them so couple you talked about there in the top 10 from Atlanta, DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish had the better freshman year, but DeAndre Hunter was um, really taking a step forward this season. Um, he's been knocked out with uh, a knee procedure, so he, he's missed the last several games mm. and, and will continue to. So that definitely hurts Atlanta um, because he figured out how to not only defend, which he was really good at, but also he was figuring out an off-the-dribble offense game. And that was just something didn't really see coming, at least definitely not this early. So he's the one that, while picking him at number four at the time, felt a little weird. Yeah. That one might actually work out. Yeah. DeAndre Hudner was special in that championship run for Virginia, and he's starting to like show some of the signs of that again. Um, and he was awesome. I, I really like DeAndre Hunter. Um, I hope he has a long-term career in Atlanta because he would be a nice complimentary piece. But I think one of your points here is just like, it doesn't feel like either one of them is going to be around for a very long in Atlanta. It's like, we know Trey's there for a long term, but beyond that, I feel like you can pick one of those guys. And yeah, right now you'd probably pick Hunter. Yeah. But, um, it's, you know, between Herder, also another guy. I think it's like 30 or now. Obviously, Collins and that whole situation. Rondo's around now right. for a couple more years. So, it's just like this team, similar to the other conversations we've been having, needs to sort out, like, are they trying to win? Are they trying to develop? Are they trying to balance it? Um, and what are you really looking for going forward? A guy who we got um, fairly hyped on last year, Kobe White, um, I think wow. he's good. <laughs> I think he's good. Um, he can score. Man, can he score? Like, that dude is something else. Like he might be in that Tyler Hero conversation of like that dude is a bucket. Yeah, he's just a microwave. Yeah, right. Um, he's now, so fun to watch. He's yeah, one of my favorites yeah, to watch. He's fun to watch. He's he's a great highlights player. Yeah. Um, doesn't play defense. No, at absolutely all. not at all. Um. At times gets just tunnel visioned and is just like, I'm doing what I want to do right now to get at the shot. Um, but he's good. He is good. Um, if if he can um, learn a bit from Zach Levine of like how to develop your game, mm-hmm. not like Zach Levine's a perfect player by any means, but like just like learning very early on, don't just try and be a scorer. Don't just try to score. Like let's develop our game and like what we're seeing then that's what helps Kobe White take more steps forward. Right now, like he's a fun player. I don't know if he's like a player you want on your team if you're trying to win a championship, to be honest, like long-term, but he's a fun player. Yeah, he's a fun 2K player. That's a great yeah. way to put it, right? Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you make a lot of money in the league doing that. Um, Rui Hachimura, again, very confused at the time why Washington took him. Um, it's a very Washington thing to do, but um, he's come along. A lot already, um, even though he's more still like a role player 
for Washington. Um, I know they were talking about with him, and and Russ has been good for teaching him. Like, dude, you've got to just like put your head down sometimes. Like, not all the time, but like sometimes you're like, that dude's jacked. Yeah. Um, it's like you can go through a lot of guys. Like, just go finish on someone and. He's done it a few times this year. We're like, oh, that was a grown man bucket. Mm. Um, so I think with a developing um, shot, which is getting better, and like a better ways of finding to like punch it home inside, like that's a nice player. Yeah, yeah. Rui, I think we thought he was going to be a longer-term project. Someone like Jackson Hayes. Still needed a couple years. Um, And it's less like that, but it, I mean... it. It's been encouraging to see him play, right? Yeah. It's he's a four, pretty much a locked in four, I think. Yeah. Um, but it's not like, oh, he's not an NBA player. He's definitely an definitely. NBA player in a good role. Yeah, that's the thing. He's one of those guys that like, I don't know if he'd be a starter for a championship team. Mm. Maybe as like the fifth guy. Um, because he has shown he can fill a role. Yeah. And, and be good at it, and he doesn't need to, like take the ball from other guys to like get his own shot. Um, so maybe there is like a situation where he's on a good team as like a good role player who's valuable and can occasionally score, um, but also play good defense. Like he, he can slide his feet a bit more. Um, I was a little worried, but I, I still think there's a lower ceiling than you want from a top 10 pick. Right. But if you can maximize his floor, then like Washington, like it's a respectable pick. We always look back at a draft, you know, five years after it happens and be like, how did that guy go in the top 10? And then there are other guys where it's like, no, they should have, of course, they should have been in the top 10. Why, how did we all miss that? Um, with Hachimura, well, he's definitely got the potential of like, why was he a top 10 pick? It could just be like, you know what? There's no one else you should have taken at nine. That was mm. a solid pick. Yeah. And that that's almost where we're at with him. Um, two more that came significantly later. Um First, Keldon Johnson. Mm. Into the first. Mm. I admit, like, I was low on him, too. I, I I think I had him as a first, but a low first. San Antonio grabbed him at, like, 29 or something. Yeah. And right now, just making the rest of the league look stupid. <laughs> Man has just, like, he's, like, kicked out in the door this yeah. year. And, like, he's not even, like, consistently playing for the Spurs still, because they're the Spurs. Yeah. But it's, like, when the, he actually does play and, like, get in a rhythm, that man's going for, like, 30. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's almost like they found their next Kawhi, not comparing him as like as to Kawhi, but it's like this guy who's just like not really supposed to be like this elite player turns into a really good player, yeah. and then it's like, oh, this guy can play defense, he can score, he can do all these cool things, and it, not saying that he's on that projection at all, but it's like, you can start it kind of come together for kelton johnson yeah. like it's it's a high upside well he's a great athlete yeah which, that's the thing coming out of kentucky knew he was a great athlete that was never the problem the problem was like will the skills ever catch up um with that and they've started to they definitely started to part of that's i mean he went to a great situation right like the spurs like they were going to develop him they're like you're if you're going to play you're going to play the right way or you're not playing <laughs> like right there was really no like other way of like doing it there mm-hmm. so yeah i wish he got slightly more consistent minutes i get why they have a ton of dudes though at like the one through three spots and then they're playing damar and lamarcus so like you know some of those four man spots are taken um 
But he's a guy that San Antonio just stole from the rest of the league. If you told me in three years, like he was definitely like in the All Star conversation, like getting buzz, I wouldn't be shocked, like at all, because like he is really talented. Dude's a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm excited for this last one, Matt. And the last one, um, your your Oklahoma City Thunder's Lou Dort. Um, the Put guy- some respect on that man's name again. How did he go undrafted? It's it's kind of shock like it's shocking. Like if you're if you're if, if you're like a GM like how do you not like point to so, Lou Dort and just be like burn the whole thing? Again, down? the reports were like there were teams in the '40s that were like we want to take you, but we're giving you a two way, and he just told them then don't draft me, <laughs> which I respect that. Yeah, um, which probably tells you all you needed to know. Like ah, should have drafted this guy higher. Then. <laughs> um, because again he's got balls of steel and i mean obviously defensively like he's a top 10 defender in the league right now yeah i mean he's in the defensive player of the year conversation right like he's there's no way he doesn't make an all defensive team this year yeah there's no way in year two and we were talking about this before the podcast like he's good on defense he's really good on defense we've all seen that but it, like his offensive game is starting to come together a little bit. Like he's starting to shoot the ball a little bit. He's starting to get comfortable with that, and he's starting to put it on the deck a little yeah. bit. Because the Thunder are tanking and like the games are whatever, they kind of let him do whatever, sure. which sure. is amazing. Um, what you need to do though? Yeah, uh, and like he ha- he has some moments. Like he leads the league in offensive fouls taken. Um, <laughs> like he's leading the league in charges essentially, which is a really cool stat. Um, I love this dude. I hope he's with the Thunder organization for a very long time. Oh, and it's like, yeah, the three-point shooting like still needs work, but he's taken almost six a game right now and just just under 33%. Yeah. For someone that everyone was like, I don't think he can shoot, period. And, I mean, last year he shot just a touch under 30% for the season. So it's like valid concerns. But, like, he can he can shoot a little. And then free throw shooting, I mean, he's not getting to the line much. But, yeah. I mean... In these mid seventies, so, so yeah, the three point shooting has taken a hit in the last couple weeks because it was at like thirty eight, forty percent. But I mean, with streaky shooting, it's just gonna be that way. But if he's thirty five percent from three, yeah, like, like that's it's not terrible. He, if he hits a couple a game, if he can hit a couple a game plus a couple free throws and then a transition layup and a backdoor cut, there's twelve points. <laughs> Right, and there's 12 points from a guy who you are you're putting him out there to play defense. Yeah. So you know, like that's that's a win, and to get this guy undrafted, like you're gonna have to like pay him in a couple, like very very soon, because undrafted guys just don't get the long deals coming out of the college. Um, his one year at Arizona State, but like I don't, I mean, if you told me like all oh, the Thunder, like they got to give him a four for 48 tomorrow, yeah. 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 Well, the crazy thing is that he's like, yeah, he's on team friendly contracts. Yeah. Essentially, this whole way through. Yeah. Um, and I don't. I th- didn't I've, give him like a four for eighteen or something. Yeah, something ridiculous. It was like, like, oh my god, that's like a steal again. <laughs> like the absolute. And I don't. I think one of the. I don't know if it was his last contract or this contract. Some of it's partially guaranteed. Um, which I think you guarantee that 100%. whenever it comes available, but. I love Lou Dort. This is a pro Lou Dort podcast. If you're very much so. If you're anti Lou Dort, we don't want you listening. Get out of here. Again, I had him as a first rounder. 
I like I I said he was a first round pick at the time. Jackson Hayes or Lou Dort? Who would you rather have right now? One hundred percent Lou Dort. See, right? Like <laughs> I, I didn't like I also had Hayes as a first round pick, but um, you know, it's just one of those like Lou Dort. Yeah, the shootings come along more so like quickly than even I thought it would. But like the, sometimes it's like you just got to bet on a guy. Like if he's got the body, he's got like the heart and the mindset and like actual defense. If always missing is the shot, but it doesn't look terrible, then the just, work ethics there, just right? Take it, yeah. Like just take him, yeah, then, right. It feels like you kind of failed on your draft process if you don't like see or hear or like get to know the guy and like hear about his work ethic. I know, it, I'm sure in the draft process you hear a lot of fluff stuff, but sure. like I'm sure there's ways that NBA teams, like these are billion dollar companies essentially, like. You don't have the resources to find out. Well, like, it's like he's at Arizona State. He's not at like Arizona Community College, right? <laughs> right. Like, he's not. He's not at uh, Murray State or something. Yeah, like he's that. traveling up and down the entire West Coast <laughs> for like three months. Like, go watch him. Um. Anyway, a few more guys that I just want to give a quick shout out. Um, Cam Johnson, mm. who again I was critical of that pick at the time. Um, Love Cam I, Johnson. He, he's playing well. PJ Washington mm. and, and Charlotte again another good role player. Brandon Clark. Mm. and memphis um, brandon clark yeah very very talented um should have gone much much higher said at the time still believe it now your boy darius basely good god two thunder showing I, up i if you would have told me a year ago that we've been pro darius basely <laughs> i would have probably punched you in the mouth the new balance intern um just killing it and then a, another um late guy eric pascal second round pick out of villanova um villanova really, guy yeah surprise there um playing well for golden state um was all rookie last year and uh while not quite playing the role he did last year because they have actual guys back for the team um still very useful still very good for the the golden state warriors so let's let's finish this up ryan um with our league pass watch of the week who you got i'm gonna do it i'm pulling the (laughs) band-aid i've been putting this off all season uh, but I'm going to watch the Charlotte Hornets yeah. this week. And I actually got to pull up. I just picked them because I was like, oh, my God. I find, like I have to take them seriously because they're the seventh seed right now. So this week, oh, I get some more jazz. They play the jazz on Monday. Um, and then they play the Suns on Wednesday. And then they play the Warriors again on Friday. And then they play the Kings uh, next Sunday. These so good way. slate of games there. Um. Yes. Yep. Okay. It's a West Coast trip for them. So the Warriors just came to them, and so now they're about to go on a yep. West Coast trip. Yep. Um, they're currently sitting at fourteen, fifteen. Yeah. If they win two of those games, that's a pretty good, pretty oh, good yeah. trip for them. Yeah. I mean, they could easily go on four. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, honestly, I think they just need to escape with at least one, at least one. Um. In the East, that keeps you right where you need to be. So I'm going to go with Portland. Um, I'm going to go watch Damian Lillard carry that franchise. Um, tough games also, though. Got the Suns um, on tomorrow, Monday. They got the Nuggets on Tuesday. And then a couple days off before the Lakers on Friday. Ooh. So that's Good three tough games. games for Portland. Um, I If they went 2-1, and that would be a huge success for them. But they at least got to get one. Yeah, yeah. The it's gonna be interesting to see that um, first round matchup again against the Lakers yeah. without Anthony Davis 
I feel like that's an easier win to get, but you're still playing LeBron, so you never know what's yeah. going to happen in those yeah, games. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, the Blazers were hot um, over the last couple of weeks before they ran in the ran into the buzzsaw that is the Washington Wizards the other night. Um, but I don't know how you say that with a straight face. <laughs> um, so it's I Portland's good. Damian Lillard's incredible. Um, the, Gary Trent Jr.'s playing well again. So it's like there's enough there to be excited Mello still. Melo has been good again? Yeah, like good enough. Been good yeah. enough. So I'll, I'll tune in to the Portland Trailblazers a little extra this week well that's a great way to kick off our second uh 100 episodes there you go yeah right go on march our march towards 200 matt we're uh officially 101 uh episodes old how's it feel uh feels the same as last time (laughs) (laughs) it's consistency shooters you gotta forget the last one and assume the next one's going in yeah, exactly. Right. All all of our hundred episodes have been spectacular, right? Right, hundred percent. Right, I haven't missed. Yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> let's go with that. Anyways, thank you so much for listening to Couchy and Podcast. This has been episode one hundred and one. We will see you back for episode one hundred and two. Yeah.